AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. That's it. The markets are closed and the path has been cleared for the Thanksgiving 2022 celebration. Grain futures saw selling interest dry up quicker than a turkey that was roasted way too hot for way too long, while livestock futures had to pay respects to the grand old bird with some lower prices heading into the holiday break. Live from the final countdown to a traditional holiday family overstuffing. <laughs> Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk this afternoon. It's a conversation with Karen Braun, global ag economist at Thompson Reuters. And right after the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now welcome the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie. All right, Davis. Thank you very much. And... If you missed the very enjoyable, very informative conversation about what is going on in the turkey industry from this morning's hour of AgriTalk, go back and listen to it again. It was, it was. I learned a lot. Well, Dude, from I your, learned, I learned from your, a lot. I have no idea what you just said. From your intro, all I can think is, "You're a grand old bird. You're a flightless bird." <laughs> That's all I got. It's all That's pops right. and whistles for me. Well done, Ethel. <laughs> I wonder if, you know, huh? Ethel probably would qualify as a light hen. She might, yes. Yeah, we discussed the difference at length. I wonder if that, yeah. Hmm? Yeah. At we did. Point, we did. Seems like we did. When was that? Yeah. Was I here for that, that? Yeah, that was this morning. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I was awake. <laughs> And a very interesting uh, farmer forum with Ben and with John and uh, well worth your time. That was way cool. Yeah. If you're interested in learning a little bit about what's going on in the dairy, dairy, the turkey industry, go ahead and and check it out. Uh, Very much worth your time. All right. Uh, So, you know, I want to mention this before we get to what's going on in the grain markets. Take a look at what's mm-hmm. happening in the energy markets. Yeah. We talked this morning during markets now about the big surge in natural gas prices. Mm-hmm. They backed off from the highs, backed off from the highs. But we've got crude oil, front month crude oil, more than $3 lower, and the natural gas market is still holding on to gains. Mm-hmm. Um, this is This is some of that scary kind of price action that we anticipated months ago based on the supplies of natural gas and what was going to happen as we get into the, the heart of the heating season and Mm -hmm. not only here in the U S but in Europe as well. Okay, man, let's get to it. What you got in the news? Jeff weakness in the U S dollar index helped the wheat market erase overnight losses, but the wheat market is more concerned about wheat imports than wheat exports. Reports indicate European wheat was imported into the U S due to high domestic wheat prices and cheap, Freight rates, I made air quotes there. March SRW futures fell to within a quarter of a cent of support at 8 bucks before turning back to trade higher on the day and above the opening range. Traders also indicate the availability of wheat from Ukraine into the first quarter of 2023 will limit buying interest in U.S. wheat supplies. March 
Hard red winter wheat futures, seven and three quarters cents higher, nine nineteen and three quarters. March SRW wheat firmed three cents, eight thirteen and one half. March spring wheat closed at nine fifty two and one quarter. That's up two cents today, Chip. Yeah, I've heard the reports and I'm I'm still looking for confirmation of wheat imports. We'll see what Karen has to say about uh, some wheat imports into the east coast of the U.S. Well, March corn futures posted a low range open and a high range close. And prices remain well within the boundaries of the three-week-long sideways trading range. The market remains on edge ahead of what are likely to be shipping disruptions ahead of a potential rail workers' strike in early December. Ethanol production in the weekend of November 18 averaged 1.041 million barrels per day. That's up 30,000 barrels from the previous week. Ethanol stocks surged 1.5 million barrels to 2283 that's the highest in 10 weeks, Chip. Uh, I make that roughly 13.2% above the same week last year. March corn futures, seven cents higher at 666 and a quarter. <laughs> May corn up six and three quarters cents, 665 and a half. July corn futures closed at 660. That's up six and one quarter cents, Chip. Boy, you talk about caught in a sideways range. Dude. This this is really something what uh, what we're starting to see here. Uh, no guarantee. I, I would almost guarantee that we're going to see low volume mm-hmm. on Friday's abbreviated session, but there's no guarantee what the price action is going to be in this market. We could get bullish news and the market could break 30 cents. We could get bullish news or bearish news and the market could rally 30 cents on Friday. Yeah. It, it's, it's something uh, to stay clear of <laughs> when you get right down to it. Well, USDA this morning announced the sale of 110,000 metric tons of U.S. soybeans for delivery to China in the current marketing year. That sale countered concerns that China's COVID shutdowns could lower overall soybean demand. Soybean oil found the buying to shrug off the negative influence of a $3-plus drop in crude oil futures. The gains in bean oil and bean meal helped January bean futures recover from an early session spike of support at 1425 Although, Chip, the high-range close in front-month beans left prices inside the sideways trading range. Yeah. January beans, six and a quarter cents higher, 1436. March beans up five and one-half cents, 1442. July soybeans closed at 1451, up a shiny nickel today. Yeah. Uh, the, the influence of the energy markets on what's happening in the soy complex, maybe the connection was broken today, but I wouldn't count on that that i would anticipate that that connection is going to be remade at some point and the energy markets will have an influence on what's happening in the soy complex all right hey we'll get to the livestock uh, before we get to karen in the next segment right now let's go ahead and bring in todd horwitz bubbatrading.com bubba happy thanksgiving buddy happy thanksgiving chip and davis Woo! handsome newsman you are davis, davis, davis. <laughs> well here, here we are sitting around doing nothing. I mean, you know, the Fed yeah. came out with their minutes. They're not going to, uh, they say they're going to slow the pace, which, you know, that's a, that's a crock. Uh, you know, listen, we're, we're just kind of hanging here. I think we're at pretty key levels and, and I, I haven't changed my opinion. I know it gets old to keep hearing it, but we're still just sitting in that same range. And I think the same yeah. support levels hold. And we bounced off it. We came down perfectly and bounced right off it. So yep. we'll see. Yep. You know, yeah. It's a, it's a full market ship. What what I was going to ask is if, you, you, well, I guess the statement that I was going to make is you haven't seen anything to change your attitude about 
the post-election environment in these markets, have you? No, it, may, it actually makes me more. It makes me more bullish. Yeah. What's going on? To be honest with you, I mean that's that's the way I look at it. And again, you got to be careful, and you certainly can't. You'd be over leveraging trying to get long here. But it certainly looks like we want to go higher, and that would be, you know, I, I think commodities in general. You know, I, don't, I think these equity markets are nuts right now. I mean, I don't know what the hell is driving them higher at the moment here, but you know, that's what's, listen. You got to follow what's going on, but the overall slowness, I mean, COVID can't, would they stop eating during COVID? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing how we find excuses for things, but, uh, you know, I, yep. I think that you've got, with the lack of volume, you got big funds sitting on these, on these markets hey, trying to, they're trying to accumulate. But Bubba, real quick in the first quarter of yeah. 23, are we going to be talking about a recession? I, well, we already have a recession. If they didn't change yeah. the rules, we'd already have one. So, yes, we're we're talking about, I think, a nasty recession. I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. That's my views. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, that's my views. I don't want it to be that way. But I think with, with what's going on everywhere and what's going on around the world, it, it, yeah. they're trying desperately to screw us. So that's the way it looks to me, baby. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Right. I know my hey. music's in the play. So. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Happy Thanksgiving to you. That's Todd Horwood's Bubba Trading. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. Shout out to the good professor, Dr. Jim Smith. Oh, okay. Hey, Jim. How's that? Is that a good enough shout out? We okay? That was a good one. That was a good one, yeah. Hey. It was more of a talk out, but I mean, it is Agritalk, not Agri-shout, you know. Jimmy! All right. It works. Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are going to get into a conversation here in just a moment with Karen Braun from Thomson Reuters. Before that, though, Davis, go ahead and finish up the news. Well, Chip, March cotton futures posted an inside trading day with a high range open and an even higher range close. March cotton has established 80 cents as support with strong resistance near the 87 cent level. March cotton, 48 points higher, 82.90. On the livestock's choice box of beef prices were slammed more than three bucks this morning, chasing some buying interest out of live cattle futures. February live cattle opened slightly higher, rallied through resistance at yesterday's high, then reversed to fill Monday's upside price gap and to close below yesterday's low. February cattle were a buck lower, 155.42 and a half. April fat cattle dropped 77 and one half cents to 159.12 and one half. January feeders two dollars forty two and one half cents lower one seventy nine twenty five. 
And on the snout side, slumping pork product values removed support from the lean hog market this week. Still, February hogs today traded on both sides of 90 bucks for the seventh consecutive day. February hogs 127 and one half lower, 88.80. April hogs fell 95 cents, 94.60. Chip Flory. All right, Davis, thank you very much. Karen Braun is a global ag columnist for Thompson Reuters. She joins us right now. Karen, my friend, how are you? It's good to talk with you. Yeah, it's good to talk with you too, Chip. I'm doing doing quite well. I mean, this weather is uh, quite a turn from last week and this weekend. So I don't know how anyone yeah. could be upset, um, you know, the day before Thanksgiving. Gorgeous day. Yeah. yeah, 50 degrees and there's some sort of a bug hatch going on outside the bunker here. All I know is that I've seen a couple <laughs> of swarms out there. <laughs> it's crazy, but here it this is. this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they've got a very quick life cycle, Karen. That's what I'm hoping for. Otherwise, they might be in for a bit of a surprise at about mm, eight o'clock tonight. How things (laughs) going? Everything good? We haven't talked to you. We haven't talked since crop tour. Everything good? I know. I know. It seems like just yesterday, but a long time ago at the same time. I'm doing really great. And um, the year is going by so fast. And I just want to take a second to thank um, you and Davis and Joe and all the guests for keeping me company uh, on my runs every week and yeah. especially on the weekends. So, well, you know, it's, awesome. It's, You're welcome. It's good stuff. So I'm You're thankful welcome. for that. And, and thank you for that. I appreciate that so much. Good stuff. Good stuff. And hey, uh, you know, to return a little bit of that right now, uh, listen, if you are not following Karen on Twitter, you need to be following Karen on Twitter. These are some of the, the, most informative, insightful tweets that I see on a daily basis. So get out there and follow up. What is it, Karen? I mean, I it just shows up in the feed for me. What What is your handle? It's K-A-N-N-B-W-X, but you can just search Karen Braun and you'll right. uh, see me. I still have a blue check mark, so there's that. You're going to pay the eight bucks, are you? Uh, no, I, I have mine from the legacy system. So no, I have not uh... paid the $8. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're worth all Not the yet, eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. good. What are you watching, Karen? What's really got your attention right now? Gosh, there's a few things, but I think that really um it's kind of been the same old things that we've been watching. I mean, really exports, South American weather, uh especially just US logistics and kind of what the funds are doing here. I mean, that's that's actually really interesting to me is uh kind of what the funds have been doing and what they haven't been doing, um, okay. especially in wheat and in corn to me. Okay. okay. Well, the funds have established a short position in wheat. I'm just curious how, how willing they're going to be to build that up. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that really got me is that uh, a couple of weeks ago when Russia exited the Ukraine grain deal uh, mm-hmm. there for a few days, and uh, we had that week where we were up 8% in, in the wheat, market um funds actually sold wheat through that period which fully covered the uh you know russia's you know hiatus um and and they did not rejoin until that week was was finished so that was really interesting and what that told me is that funds are just completely rejecting the bullish black sea story for now Mm -hmm. and just completely rejecting it there's just no bullish story to be had there even with russia uh leaving the deal so 
that is definitely, uh, but again, like you said, you know, they're, they're building a short, but it's, but it's not quite, you know, the levels of say 2016, 2017, because we just don't have the market participation like we had then. Right. Right. Hey, um, we can come back to Ukraine here in just a moment, but uh, first these, these reports that the U S is importing some wheat out of Europe, how much are they, are these reports accurate? What's going on there? Oh boy. Um, you know what? I'm not really sure about that. I'm going to have yeah. to look into that myself. Yeah. Um, th- that's, I don't know. That's a great question. Okay. Yep. Um, Good. Yeah. That's that. Thank you for giving that answer because that's a whole lot better than, well, you know, that won't be whatever, but and I just heard it late. I just, I just heard it late before we went on the air and, and a couple of guys threw it out to me that, yeah, it looks like we're starting to import some wheat out of Europe. If that's the case, it, it just, we need to wait for confirmation of that. Be, right. Before and it, it could be, it could be something specialty as well, because, you know, mm-hmm. we do import stuff from South America, from Europe, from, uh, yeah. you know, the Black Sea area uh, that is specialty organic or whatever. So, you know, there's, there's always that possibility as well. Yeah. You know, we talk about the high price of U.S. wheat on the global market, and it is high priced, but it's not so high priced in the domestic market that it might end up making its way into some feed rations out in cattle country. Hey, guys are paying nine bucks for for corn. They ought to be able to buy some wheat at some point and get it into the, the rations if they can find it. It's such a weird market, Karen. Yeah, that is true. And, you know, uh, especially after being on, on crop tour out in the West, uh, in Nebraska and seeing that corn, yep. like, oh, wow. I mean, I, I was very surprised. I did not expect to see it like that. So, yeah, um, I would say corn supplies out there, uh, you know, definitely tricky this year. Yep. Let's stay on the crop here for just a moment. What do you see going on down in South America? Ooh, well, um, Argentina is definitely the concern. I mean, I was looking at the planting progress there for um, Argentina, actually the corn and the soybeans. Um, it looks like it's the slowest in possibly 25 plus years, the pace, and that's because of the dryness. Um, and there's really no, just because the planting pace is usually very consistent, there's no, uh, that doesn't really tell you anything. You know, we have no analogs to compare with. So uh, yeah. that's just something to monitor. But vegetation health is just terrible. I mean, just terrible. So, um, and with this being a, you know, a La Nina season, the same pattern we've seen in the last two years, uh, and you know, which creates dryness in Argentina, that's just super concerning with how poor of a start they're getting. So, um, and I think the market's aware of that. I mean, especially after the wheat crop, you yeah. know, is down 40% or more f- from last year. I, I, I think that we know, but you know, Brazil's kind of that wild card, um, hopefully you know they expect to recover from last year's uh, soybean crop which kind of started to surprise us maybe sometime in january last year and you know directed some soybean sales to the u.s but i think for now the market is accepting like a 150 million ton plus crop in brazil i mean it seems like it seems like that's what we are accepting yep so yeah the the conditions in argentina that we've got right now and the la nina pattern that's still in place does it leave you a little concerned about the second half of the growing season for Southern Brazil? Um, yeah, actually, I, I would say so. I, I think that down there, they definitely have replenished the moisture from last year. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that far South, uh, Rio Grande do Sul, that was just terrible. I think they lost more than half of their soybean crop there. 
Um, but they have definitely uh, replenished the moisture down there. And of course that can, that can dry up, uh, you know, without rain, but I think they're getting a better start this year. So, uh, but we definitely need to keep that, uh, uh, in the back of our minds as we go through the growing season. Yeah. Especially into, you know, February, uh, March, but down South, they don't do a second corn crop, uh, in Rio Grande do Sul. They do right. it in Paraná. So yeah, that's definitely something to watch March, April. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the, uh, so that 150 number on the bean crop mm-hmm. that everybody has, I, I think everyone has accepted. Do you just have to get under 150 for that to be price supportive for the soy complex? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, hmm. I think that we would have to see it start driving some interest in, in U.S. Yeah. beans you know, at a time when it normally wouldn't. I, I think that that's really what it would take because that is what it took Excellent. last year. We started to see those big sales in February, and that does not happen for um, you know the U.S. at that time. So, Karen, that is a great point. Great point because last year as we were starting to whittle away at the bean crop and before it turned into that demand for U.S. beans, I remember Davis and I having the conversation a couple of times. Does a, did a drought happen in Brazil if it didn't turn into more demand for U.S. beans? Well, it eventually did turn into some more demand, and that drought was, was a factor going in. Okay, we're off to a great start with Karen Braun from Thompson Reuters. When we come back, uh, logistics, grain shipments, how is the grain flowing around the world? That's with Karen next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Markets and government offices are closed tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Based on the performance of stocks tied closest to rail transport, investors expect the labor issue to be resolved without a strike. Chinese cities imposed more curbs today to rein in rising COVID cases. Washington is looking to crack down on deforestation in the Brazilian Amazon to tackle climate change more aggressively. Brazilian corn exports could jump exponentially next year if farmers harvest a full crop and Chinese demand is strong. The U.S. and its allies reportedly could agree to a price cap on Russian oil at 60 bucks a barrel as early as today. And the Eurozone reported its November Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index rose to 47.3, still in contraction territory. News of note is taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more news at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The best talkers in ag. 
including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. You know, I was I knew it was either that or I was gonna have to give you a little bit of time to sit down from your two step that you were doing. A little bit of both. A little, a little bit, of bit of both on that. Oh, you betcha. All right. Yeah. All right. You know, so much can happen in like twenty two seconds. Mm-hmm. With you. Mm-hmm. With you. Mm-hmm. I mean with with most people, no. But with you, you know, the C B thing, a little bit of two step and that can all happen and leave you with plenty of time to come rested to the show. Bro, you are just full of love today. First for Karen, and now for me, it feels so good. I'm just so thankful, Davis. I'm I so love thankful. It. I love it. If you were any more thankful, you would be a turkey. I would be careful. <laughs> I would watch yourself. Well, and I would be I would be one of those humble, you know, respecting turkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Not that guy out there strutting around. Yeah. You know, that's not me. They That's can be I mean. very unpopular, especially with public officials, as I understand. That's right. We'll have that more exactly on that right. at a later show. All right. All right. Very good. We are in the middle of a conversation with Karen Braun. Uh, before we get back to Karen, go ahead and recap where the markets close, David. Chip, March, hard red winter wheat futures were seven and three quarter cents higher, but nine nineteen and three quarters. March, soft red wheat up three cents today, eight thirteen and one half. March corn futures were seven cents higher at six sixty-six and a quarter. July corn futures closed at six sixty, up six and one quarter cents. January beans six and one quarter cents higher, fourteen thirty-six. July soybeans closed at fourteen fifty-one. That's up a nickel. March cotton forty-eight points higher, eighty-two ninety. Livestocks February fat cattle a buck lower, one fifty-five forty-two and a half. January feeders two dollars forty two and a half lower one seventy nine twenty five and February lean hogs a dollar twenty seven and one half lower eighty eight and eighty at the close. That's your quick market recap. Back to you, pal. All right, thank you, Davis. Karen Braun is a global egg columnist for Thomson Reuters. Uh, is our guest analyst today, Karen. We talked some about the South American weather in the last segment, and I, I don't want to make this all about weather, but I also can't let you get away uh, without getting your thoughts on a couple of other things here. The Mississippi River, Karen. Good Lord. Um, are we going to be are we going to get that thing recharged over the winter? Oh, that's a good question. You know, we've definitely improved the situation from September. That's when it was really, really bad. Um, but, you know, things are still uh, moving kind of slowly and we we definitely need, uh, you know, we're at a pretty big moisture deficit around the country. So it's going to take a lot, you know, more than just a couple systems. But, um, you know, I don't really know if you replenish uh, moisture over the winter as much, uh, probably a little bit. But I would say the springtime is maybe a more likely time that, you know, things really, really can uh, you know take a turn. Uh, yep. But, yeah, you know, the 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 river situation is interesting because you know the the freight rates have come down significantly yeah. I mean, they're still pretty high but they've come down a lot unfortunately we still have not been able to really generate demand despite you know that mm-hmm. that fall in price so yeah. that's a bit concerning for the for the export picture uh you know just in general uh to not really see that demand coming yeah you know if there was a full schedule of boats to arrive in new orleans to be loaded with beans to be loaded with corn 
I don't think there's any question that the barge rates would be right up there around that 3,000%, like we saw back in September, October. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But as you said, the and I, and it almost feels like this is one that's feeding on itself because the importers realize that, hey, we can go ahead and bid for golf beans doesn't mean that we can get them because they may not be able to get them in position. So it, it feels like that one is kind of feeding on itself a little bit. The flow of beans around the world right now, who's the dominant supplier and the the importers, and I'm not just looking at you, China, importers of beans around the world, how, when are they, are, are, the pace of buying for U.S. soybeans right now, how, how impressed or disappointed are you? Well, hmm, that's a multi-part question. I would yes. say... I would say that for the demand, um, I guess it's not too surprising. You know, I mean, you've seen soybean prices. I mean, they're really high. So you, I don't know how much demand you would expect to generate, uh, you know, with those prices, especially if it's not desperately needed by an end user. And, you know, we're still seeing some soybeans flowing out of South America. I mean, Brazil, Brazil's soybean exports right now, or at least last month recently, They've been pretty close to average levels despite them having a short crop last year. So they kind of their exports were kind of down during their peak season, but then they had the supplies to kind of keep keep shipping, uh, you know, through the last few months. So so that that supply is is kind of normal right now out of Brazil. You know, we are the main supplier right now, the U.S., and we are seeing we are seeing exports go out, but it's just not the numbers that we really need. And I do think that you know the USDA's number, you know, they brought it down in recent months, and I think that's fair. And I think that we can probably hang on a little bit, you know, until we need to make another change. But the Chinese demand, both on the soy and the corn. Uh, right. right now is really the biggest problem uh, problem. I mean, maybe it's a problem, but uh, you know, for beans, but for corn, definitely a problem right now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, with China starting to buy or book some corn out of Brazil, this, uh, this really feels like a, it could be a game changer going forward. If, if Brazil does manage to grow a "quote unquote" big corn crop this year, they've they've been their their tactic in the past has been to get down to domestic supplies as quickly as they possibly can by by putting cheap corn on the export market. If they follow that same strategy and put that cheap corn on the export market, China's going to buy it all. <laughs> I I don't yep. know why they wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's that's exactly right. I mean, uh, we unfortunately don't have export sales for Brazil, like the weekly numbers like we get yeah. from the U.S. Uh, so it's a lot harder to track the exact uh, volumes. But I did look at the shipping lineup today out of Brazil, and I saw that there were three vessels, um, about uh, two and a half boats worth that were scheduled to go to China this month Two have sailed. One is going to sail this weekend. I don't see anything yet for December, but, you know, those lineups change and are adjusted, you know, every few days. So, you know, we'll keep looking here, but, but that's all I see for now. And that's about 150,000 tons ish, which is a lot uh, because Brazil doesn't normally ship corn to China. So it is, it is a little bit for now, but we'll see if that grows. I mean, that's really what we need to see. Uh, We saw yesterday the, the stat that uh, from, uh, you know, Brazilian exporter group that China could buy 5 million tons of 
uh, Brazilian beans in 23. And just for reference, in our last marketing year, the U.S. shipped just under 15 million tons of corn to China in the 21-22 year. So it's still way less than we've been sending to China, but that's a pretty significant chunk. That's a third of what we shipped last year to China. Right, right. Okay, I know that you you tweet out the maps of the ships that are in route uh, around the world. One of the okay, here it is. I just found it. This is from last Friday, a week ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the thing that blew me away, Karen, on this map is there's nothing in the Gulf of Mexico. You know, so these maps are interesting because it does rely on data that uh, may or may not always be completely completely accurate. Like, so the flow data, what is uh, labeled on each ship may or may not be showing up in the in the way that they have the filter on the map. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I would make too much of that. Okay. Um, however, you can absolutely see uh, you can absolutely see the flow of the beans from uh, down the 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 Panama Canal, up and over the Pacific Ocean, over to China. I mean, that's very clear to see. And you can see the route from South America. So so it's clear that ships are leaving, um, you know, the Pacific Northwest and the Gulf. Um, But yeah, just the specific labeling of the ships may not be completely perfect, unfortunately. Gotcha. Gotcha. But it's a fascinating map to see, the, as you said, the flow through the Panama Canal, the flow from South America down around the, the Horn of Africa, and and into asia it's uh what a it's soy, quite a great visual it really is what a soy protein hungry part of the world that we're oh, talking gosh. about when we talk yes. about china and southeast asia it's miraculous fascinating yes yeah yep okay what else what else are you watching right now karen that that you think to yourself okay maybe it's not a big deal right now but this is something that that could be an issue as we uh, as we go forward. In other words, what's your next column going to be on? Ooh, I don't know what my next column is going to be on, but I think so. the things that we are not looking at today, but need to in the future, I would say back to the corn exports, uh, Mexico's ban of, of GM corn. Uh, so they've got about a million uh, uh, tons of U.S. corn on the books for 23, 24. And so is that corn all going to arrive in 23 calendar year because Jan 124, they said they are not accepting GM corn. So uh, we're still seeing the sales, but you know, what's going to happen with that? And I think that's another one that the market has not yet really kind of accepted that that's going to be a thing. Um, we haven't really traded that because um, Mexico is our biggest corn buyer, or at least with China alternates. Um, so that's, that's a really big deal, obviously. But I think that, that there's, maybe a disbelief that that would happen. Also just the yeah. U.S. acreage picture. I mean, who doesn't like to talk about that? That's always, um, you know, a really big topic once the spring hits. And so, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing more corn acres than, than beans, but, uh, you know, we're really just in a, in a completely interesting uh, time. And it's been that way for the last mm, two years or so. Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes. I can't believe that the music is playing. <laughs> Karen, this is. time just absolutely flew by. Thank you so much for making time for us. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you so much, and happy Thanksgiving to you guys and all the listeners. All right, good stuff. That's Karen Braun, Global Ag Columnist for Thomson Reuters. Davis and I will be right back to wrap up today's AgriTalk.
From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Conservation at Work video series. Farmer to Farmer, the Conservation at Work video series features real stories, real successes, real quick. See what's Davis. possible at farmers.gov slash conservation. It's a terrible idea. Terrible. Ter- terrible idea. Yeah? Okay. Okay. And well, all I'm saying, all I'm saying. I'll, yeah. A, a turkey fryer is not the best way to thaw a turkey. See, in theory, it seems like it should work really, really well, though, and be really cool and impress the neighbors, the kids. You know, it oh, restores, it'll impress the neighbors. It restores the, their faith in the old man. You know, wow, look what Dad is doing for holiday this year. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Carry on. You got to be careful with those things. This is, I think this is uh, a, a sort of left-handed, uh, and no offense to left-handers, but it's, you know, it's sort of a, a, a roundabout precautionary tale. Because no those, offense to roundabouters. And I got to say, you know, I, I'm, all, <laughs> I'm all for, I'm all for a good old-fashioned rocket launch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the visual against the night sky. The mushroom the flames. cloud of flames oh, the, is really yes. something to behold. And the yeah. people applaud and feel yes. patriotic. And right. look what we did as a species. <laughs> We're launching things beyond the blue part of the sky. That's what we do. <laughs> Turkeys can fly. Turkeys can fly, and they, they will if you're not launched. careful. <laughs> you know what else can fly is the ambulance can fly to your house, uh, probably not as quickly as you would like it to, should you put yourself into a turkey-related flaming disaster-type situation. Yeah, don't let so that just, just be careful, don't be, please. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Please yeah. be careful, everyone. Right. Please be careful. Right. You know, ag- <laughs> AgriKitty's yeah. counting on you. Yes. Is what it is. Great conversation with Karen Braun, Thompson yeah. Reuters. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking as I was listening to this to this conversation. Um, there's a word that she uses that we don't use nearly enough, and I think from here on out, I'm going to start using it. Okay. I really do. I just think okay. it's so astute, I, and I it feels like it like such an observation on my part. Yeah. Um, that it, it's worth it noting that I noticed it. Yeah, I I know what it is. Would you care to guess what that what that word is? Yeah, what, sure, I'll guess. Word? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Accepted. 
accept it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting how she uses it. Can you uh, use it in, market, in, a, in a sentence? Demonstrate, yeah, please. The, the market has accepted the idea that Brazil is going to produce 150 million metric ton bean crop. Let me check with the judges. Sorry. Try again, please. Accepted. Oh. <laughs> Your word is accepted. No, that's perfect. I, just, I wanted to use my buzzer button right. just a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, it, the, uh, it, it sums things up so quickly mm -hmm. in, in a thought about it. it. It's just that I don't hear a lot of market observers phrase it that way. I think it's, it, it's a really effective word to use when we talk about, uh, is a 150 million metric ton bean crop out of Brazil baked into mm -hmm. prices? Right. Sure. Okay. Yeah, because the market has accepted the idea that it's going to be that big. Mm -hmm. It's it's it uh, it's a good word to use and and one that just kind of helps you understand what what is happening in the market and the things that can really influence it going forward. Well, and so we were you know spoiler alert we were talking about it over the break here the yeah. we here at AgriTalk uh, and Big Apple, Big Apple Joe Stackler shout out. Um, said you know the way that some people talk about the market it's almost like it's it's perceived as a living breathing kind of thing um yeah. and there have been books written about that the invisible hand and all this this sort of stuff and i think using the word accepted the market has accepted this or that uh it really captures that it are we over that, anthropomorphizing are we overdoing it no not at all um i think the the, tran the the move away from the pit trade has taken some of the life mm -hmm. out of the uh, out of the markets. Mm -hmm. You know, has has turned it a bit more or a lot more robotic. Mm -hmm. But there is still life. There is still breath. There is mm -hmm. still emotion that happens in the markets. And you can see it when when the the markets get defensive. Okay, that's another way of of expressing some emotion. When when the momentum indicators really start to kick in, and moves start to build on themselves, start to snowball, whether it be to the downside or to the upside, that's the emotion of the market really really taking place. Uh, this time of the year when we say the markets are dead, well, it's because they're not showing a whole lot of life. They're not showing a whole lot of willingness to participate in any momentum, whether it be to right. the upside or to the downside. And they're sure not interested in starting anything new at this time of the year, not until volume comes back. Uh, Bubba said something interesting, and he accused himself of saying, well, I say the same thing every time I come on here, markets are going higher. Um, he posed the question, did China stop eating during COVID? I thought that was an excellent you know, observation well, and something that Davis, you know, we tend we, to lose sight we've of. Had, we've had some people on the show. Is that music? Oh, my gosh. That's music. We've had some people on the show that have said, that have said, you know, these COVID shutdowns, is it China's way of enforcing some sort of food rationing already? Mm -hmm. Because they just don't have the stocks that they need. Mm -hmm. um, they they've speculated about that, contemplated that. Um, 
I don't know if that's accurate or not, but the demand hasn't gone away. Absolutely not. The demand is still there. It's just that some of their supply side issues and management yeah. maybe is, has disrupted the typical supply or hey. demand flows. What is happening? Hey, I'm going to be gone next week. I'll be gone all next week. In fact, I'm taking tomorrow and Friday off, too. Uh, I got I got big doings, everybody. I'll tell you okay. about it when I get back. I'll I'll tell you all about it. Very exciting stuff. So uh, I'll leave you in Chip's very capable hands. Everything will be okay, and I'll be back, just not for a while. Excellent, excellent. Well, you uh, you have a fun time on your special special events. Oh, I and, love you uh, too. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you again <laughs> tomorrow morning, ten oh six central.